0: Welcome to the She Will Shine podcast, where we bring you the real stories of female business owners. My name is Danielle Price and I'm the founder of She Will Shine, a supportive business network for women. It's time to give a voice to women in business and discover their journey. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the She Will Shine podcast. I am very excited to introduce you to today's guest, Lisa Wilson. How are you, Lisa?
1: I'm good. Thank you, Danielle.
0: Lisa is the founder and director of Finance in Heels, a mortgage and asset finance broking firm she created to provide more for her clients, more personalised service, more options, more care and more confidence in the approval process. Most of all, she wanted the process of exploring financial options to be much less stressful and intense and, dare we say, actually fun. As a mother, daughter and woman in business, Lisa is passionate about supporting women to achieve their financial goals and was recently awarded a Women in Leadership Accelerated Program Scholarship. So welcome Lisa, it's fabulous to have you here.
1: Thank you, it's, um, I'm, not, I'm not nervous at all about being here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's fun, just talking amongst friends Lisa, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to kind of go back to maybe high school days did you know that numbers and finance were your game, like that that was what you loved?
1: Uh, no. So at high school, I thought I was going to be a PE teacher. So I applied for um, to university to, to study a Bachelor of Human Movement. I moved to Tasmania to complete that. And while I was over there, I started working for a business in their accounts department. And I kind of disliked liked the More so the data entry. I like the keyboard typing, the sound of it, I think, the tapping. (laughs) Yeah, so then after I did that, because I didn't even study accounting at school, I did did general maths, I did PE subjects, I did biology, I did not do anything to do with numbers. In actual fact, I hated numbers. I come from a family that um, is not great. When, 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 When we were younger, I paid for my own school fees from when I was in year nine, basically. So we were very much a, you know, got your pay, paycheck in one hand and spent it the next week sort of thing so there wasn't a lot of uh, extra cash around the house so yeah so when I went to Tassie I studied human movement which I think I thought that if I did human movement that I'd always have to stay fit and healthy because you're teaching other kids job yeah yeah well that wasn't the case because Thursday uni nights and then Friday you know after uni nights and then Saturdays and Sundays so it didn't get kind of work but yeah, so once I started those working in the actual industry though, the numbers started to resonate with me and I started to take a bit more of control and have a look at my own financial circumstances. So what then from Tassie? Uh, so after I lived in Tassie for four years, I converted to an accounting degree. I came back to Victoria and was lucky enough to get a job with ANZ. Um, and from there, it was just a, you know, the road to where I am now.
0: And did you think at that stage I'd run my own business?
1: No, I never anticipated running my own business purely because when I worked at ANZ, I was on their talent program. So out of something like thirty thousand employees, only one percent of their staff get acknowledged as their so the top one percent, and you get money thrown at you to pay for your degrees, for extra training, and you know development. You get access to all the CEOs of all the different departments, all the MDs and what have you of different departments and leadership teams. You get access to projects. And so I was on a fairly good career trajectory within the bank Um, and it wasn't until we had kids um, or we started talking about having kids and we had a bit of a struggle having them, which made me more um, resolved to stay at home and look after them rather than work, which was a huge adjustment um but six weeks after I had Mackenzie my eldest child I was bored because all he did was sleep eat and poo so I started up my own business then
0: did you have any hesitation or just like oh something to do might as well just do it
1: no 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 hesitation at all I just rang a few brokers that I knew um from working within the bank so people that I dealt with on the other side though and said I I'm home now I know exactly what you need and what your clients need and I might as well do it for you, and they went, "Oh, that'd be great." Because at the time, that's when people would go out and play golf with their clients and wine and dine. That money's not around anymore. It doesn't happen. The entertainment side of things doesn't happen as much anymore. But that was back when the brokers used to love and love a bit of a party and go out and you know lavish their clients. And I'd be in the back end doing all the work behind the scenes, and it was great and it suited me perfectly because I could get up at three o'clock in the morning and be breastfeeding and then flick off an application. know shortly after so it worked around my time frame as well.
0: Did you ever think that you were going to go back to like a full-time role or a part-time role with someone else or did you think once you'd started that this is how it's going to be?
1: Once I started I knew that this is how it was going to be purely because uh, as you well know Danielle I don't particularly like to leave the postcode Um, and I don't think I realized that until I started working from home And now I love it. I've even got to the point now where I'm lucky if I leave the estate because we now have a little village of shops here.
0: (laughs) So how many years have you been in business for yourself now?
1: So my eldest son turns 15 on Thursday, so it has been 15 years. Wow, that's a long time. It is. It has has changed in that time, though. So up until when the boys probably started, I probably got to about grade two or three. Uh, I just worked behind the scenes, and then once they were a little bit more um, able to look after themselves and more independent, and they are quite independent. Uh, I could start looking after my own client base as well. So about six years ago, I really changed the the layout of the business, and about four years ago, I introduced mortgages into the repertoire. So prior to that, I was commercial asset finance in particular. So. Um, And people always ask me what commercial asset finance is and it's um, basically your cars, trucks, your trailers, your shop fit outs, it's anything, any equipment that you need to run your business. So um, now it's diversified and we we have, it took us about two years but we've actually now do 50-50. So we're 50 um, mortgages and 50% um, commercial asset finance.
0: Is that due to the change in economy and the change in times? over the last few years, or is that just more for your, you know, you prefer a bit of diversity?
1: Um, it really, it came about because I found that I really wanted to do, when, when I started up Finance in heels. so prior to that I just had, I was just contracting to other businesses. But when I started up Finance in heels, I really wanted it to be about women, and women in business, even though we've got great businesses, they don't tend to have a lot of capital expenditure. So they don't necessarily need you know shop fit outs or um, massive printing equipment you know your 2 million dollar pieces of um, printing equipment etc so they didn't have the capital expenditure so I wasn't really getting a lot of traction there so when I had a thought sat back and thought about myself and where I what I look after it's more about the household finances so once I kind of thought about it I went you know what that's how I can help women is with their actual personal finances in particular their mortgages and budgeting so that's been kind of diversified into mortgages and it's gone gangbusters. So I'd say of my mortgage clients, 90% of them are inquiries made by the female partner if there is, you know, a husband and wife sort of scenario, which is yeah. the idea and it obviously is working and resonates with people. So I'm very happy with that. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And in the last few years you've taken on staff?
1: Yes, Yes, that was a big leap for me because I'm a bit of a control freak. Um, so I've, I've done it gradually, though. So I've literally just had contractors to start with. And the, the more I thought about it and the vision had always been that Finance and heels was to be a business that ideally employed women, particularly mums that potentially may have come out of corporate world, because I kind of thought I've got the biggest and best recruitment ground ever. Because I want to have employ people that work from maybe 9.30 until 3. If they want to work from home, they can once they're trained up and I know that they know what they're doing. Otherwise, I don't need to see them. I don't need the work to be done in those 9 to 3 hours either. So if it means that they've got a sick child at home and they need to focus on family, I don't care. As long as the work's done within our set SLA's, as long as you get them done within that service level agreement that we've agreed to, you can do it wherever you like and from whatever
0: hours yes. Yeah. So. it's really interesting because I think a lot of women in business were so forward thinking and then when COVID happened it wasn't a shock to the system because they already had all those things in place that you could work from home around whatever is happening and there was no I guess new challenge that had popped up apart from the fact that your family was living in the same house with you 24-7 <laughs> yeah
1: that was a little bit of a challenge <laughs> And as much as I loved it because, my you know, my son would come in every morning at 10, 15 when recess was on, it just meant there was an interruption and a distraction that meant I didn't get as much work done. And during COVID, like that first initial period, the phone calls I was having were really quite depressing and heavy. You know, some businesses that I've worked with maybe for – before I was when I was a contractor sort of thing or even in ANZ some of the clients that I met through ANZ I still work with now but I haven't been having conversations saying okay this is what we're gonna have to do to try and pivot or save your business this is the lending that we need to have a look at do we need to put deferred payments in and there was so much unknown information as well so if you had a deferred payment in would that mean your future lending would be restricted because you had to defer and the banks are going to say yeah well if you, can, if you have to defer during COVID, well then we're not going to link to you in the future. So it was really unknown. Having those conversations with customers to see whether they could continue to manage as they were or not can be quite heavy some days. So with the inter- added interruptions, there wasn't a lot getting done.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was it was challenging. <laughs> yes. Yes. I guess it was, you know, and that's that's something that hasn't fully left us yet. Like We kind of can forget that when we go out to the shops or we go out for dinner and, you know, life is virtually back to normal. But Mm. we're not in the clear yet. So I don't know about you, but I know that in the back of my head, I kind of every time I hear a news story about something, you kind of get that panic again as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's too why the decision to hire an actual permanent staff member was made a little bit easier just for the fact that I knew that I needed the support. Plus I turned into a basket case coming out of COVID, more yeah. so for the fact that life went back to normal, but we'd all been in, like, hibernation mode for such a long period that I felt like I'd, I don't have the stamina to do no. yeah. all the the, the the family, household running. The, the mind, but the, the, the overwhelm and the mind was out of control. Um, so at the end of the day, I kind of made a decision that even if I didn't make up the wages in additional business, I was happy to take a cut to my bottom line just so I can have my sanity back.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of us have felt that too. And it kind of it feels as though, while well, we're coming back to normal life. Normal life is becoming faster than it's ever been before. And I don't think we're prepared for that. Like the amount of times I've kind of been overwhelmed since November last year, just with what's going on. It's kind of like, I don't think I've ever felt this overwhelmed in my life.
1: Yeah, we're, we have. We've tried to go back at 110% rather than just, you know, 90, which would have been probably nice. Maybe 80 would have been nice. i have been happy with that too.
0: (laughs) So, Lisa, you mentioned you're a bit of a control freak and I completely get that because I reckon anyone who runs their own business on their own for a long period of time has to be to get everything done. How Um, did you go taking on staff and kind of relinquishing some of that control?
1: So during COVID, I was very, very disciplined and I sat down and I wrote down everything that I do and how I do it so I've set up the I've got the processes all mapped out completely and then I went through and highlighted the bits that I don't want to do (laughs) and that I don't need to do and I worked out that that would be more than a full-time job so I could handle handle hand those things off and feel quietly okay about them. Plus the fact that I had those systems put in place. So there is a very rigid structure to follow. And it has to be when you're doing mortgage broking, because there's so much compliance and um, regulation around it, that for my own legal purposes, I need to make sure that it's very, very stringent in the way it's done. So that was probably once I'd mapped it out, and then sat back and highlighted those areas that I, one, don't need to do, but two, didn't really have fun doing them it was quite easy to let go yeah easier than I anticipated anyway (laughs) (laughs) and
0: do you find because I know I've got um I point here Nicole normally sits here she's not here today (laughs) but I have Nicole who helps me as well um on a Monday and during the week and it's just really nice to have a team like coming from corporate you would have worked in a team and I worked in a team back in my days Um, but it's nice to have someone who you know now you've got a team working together as opposed to just being you even for the little conversations
1: and
0: you know what I mean just, yeah, just little like conversations
1: <laughs> it's no, never conversations. a little conversation <laughs> um oh no it's, it's actually really good so we've got entered a triathlon for January so um it's quite funny because the lady that's working for me permanently she's so dedicated she's amazing like she runs it she works in it like it's her own business which is more than any employer could ever want for really so i've tried to make it really enjoyable for her too so we've got a triathlon that we're doing together in january and we're going to put together a finance and heels team and try and do some fundraising around that as well you have have,
0: to have a t-shirt team finance we are
1: i'm getting tutus made in the finance and heels colors and we're going to have t-shirts and go all out (laughs) yeah yeah, absolutely it'll be plastered everywhere (laughs) If I can do a triathlon when I've just been in COVID and eaten all the cake in the world, (laughs) there will be photos of me running it. Um, Yeah, so we've got that team building sort of thing. We make sure that we go out for walks during lunch breaks, that we're quite mindful of, um, you know, that fact that we are a small team, so we try and make sure that it's actually really enjoyable and pleasant here. And it is nice having someone in the office just to have a chat to that's not my husband or a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Boy
0: kids. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think has been the hardest thing to start and grow the business
1: uh my own money story uh so the fear factor of what if i fail i know i'm not actually that concerned about failing like it's i know that sounds really weird but the worst that can happen is i don't make money for a year and or something—I don't know. The fear's not it. It was more so about my own money story that if I did, if I didn't do it all myself, and I'd have to pay someone else, that would detract from my bottom line. And I really wanted my bottom line to 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 be at that point, like I was in corporate world. So you know, I was on a great salary and I was in corporate world. So I wanted my business to be as profitable as that. Uh, where now I've kind of got to the point where um, I've realised that there's more important things in life than the, the number on a bank balance statement and that it's okay to forgo some of that if it means that your quality of life with your family particularly when my boys are getting so old so quick like one of them is this much taller than me now and I'm I'm no shrinking violet no, I say,
0: you're, you're tall my kids are taller than me but that's all right because I'm shorty
1: yeah so they're just they're just becoming young men really quickly, and I want to try and hang on to that for as long as I can to the point that I might actually build some townhouses out in the back and make one of those little barley compounds where we have to live here forever.
0: So they have to stay in the, in the suburbs too, and in the postcode.
1: And I'm not even joking.
0: <laughs> <Lovely>. <laughs> oh, gosh, it's hilarious. So, um, you, so basically your definition of success has changed completely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's now about um, creating choices, um, having that freedom to, you know, make sure I go and watch, you know, them when they play school footy or get into a debating team or that's never going to happen. But <laughs> it might, you know. Well, there's, there's time. There is time, yes. Yeah. Um, but it is about being able to go and watch them and do, you know, do the school pickups and the drop-offs and be there for their trainings and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so my definition has definitely changed. It's also about trying to build a little business that I have those those other women that I can support that, like me, when I left the corporate world, like literally I was in the fetal position on the floor crying when I first found out I was pregnant. Most people are excited. I was devastated because I just... As soon as I seen that I was pregnant, the reality of what I had to give up hit, and I had it so good in the bank, like it was the best, oh, it was amazing. Like I loved working for the bank. Um, So, yeah, so I found that a bit of a slap in the face, like I was going to give up so much. And having said that, my husband would have given it up in a heartbeat as well, but I didn't, I wanted to be the one that got to be the, the primary caregiver. Like that was, I wanted to be that person.
0: And I think that's really hard for women because obviously you had a bit of trouble getting pregnant, et cetera, et cetera. But the minute that you are pregnant, your life will change. Yeah. And well, I, don't think we, I don't think we really realise that because we've got no. our careers and all that, we've got our lives. And it's, you know, I hate to say it, but it is different for a male. for a, You know, as a female, it's from that point on because suddenly you have someone else literally
1: inside you that you're caring for. And you literally have to keep them alive. It's it's a big responsibility. And I think because we had, like obviously we went through IVF, and because we had such a, a, you know, an up and down ride to get pregnant, the focus was purely on getting pregnant, not what come next. It's like when people fall pregnant and they go, oh, you know, I know all about how to birth and I've got, you know, my lovely music tape ready to go and music tape, how old am I? You know, I've got my playlist ready to go for the birthing suite and I'm not going to do drugs. But then they go, they get this baby and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do with it now. I never thought about that bit.
0: Yeah, that's right because you're preparing yourself for the next stage and then the next stage and then the next stage. I was going to say, because in a way, it's kind of like having a business because you kind of get to one stage and you're like, okay, the next stage is this. And it's hard to get there and you've got to fight the, you know, everyone's got their own mindset issues and personal development they've got to go through to get to that stage. Mm-hmm. And then when you get there, you've got to do it again for the next one.
1: Yeah, it is. And it's constantly evolving. It's like parenting techniques. You, you know, you start off with the naughty chair or time out or whatever you think might be. Then they get, they outgrow that. And you've got to, you think like you think, oh, yeah, I've got this nailed have I figured out how to parent them and then all of a sudden they up the ante and you're like, okay, well, that's not working anymore. What do I do now? It's like you're constantly having to evolve and change and it's no different in business. Um, Having said that, I found a notebook the other day that had my first business plan in it and it actually said that I wanted to have women women who worked part-time from anywhere in Australia. And this was back in 2000 and I think it was 2006 that I wrote this. So it's quite some time ago, um, and it's only now that it's coming to fruition because at the time I didn't have the probably the mental capacity, like the resources to to actually be able to manage it all and raise a young family. Where now they're obviously a little bit more self reliant and actually they're very independent to the point where it makes me sad. Um, yeah, that I can actually have the the time and. Inkling, I've also got the knowledge now and everything, the resources to be able to do it. Yeah, probably yeah. the
0: confidence as well, whereas, you know, when you first start out, you kind of, you know, it takes a while to get the confidence yeah. in order to do all the things that you want to do.
1: And it's surprising that someone who, you know, who has been on the ANZ Talent Program, had been pitted for some great positions and had gone through, the, you know, the, the corporate ladder quite quickly, you still have that doubt. Like a, that imposter syndrome just never leaves for well particularly for females but yeah i think most people actually experience it sometime it'd be nice just to be able to slap that bitch down and tell her to move on
0: yeah well that's it. well that's what you're doing though little by little yeah and,
1: I, and i'm enjoying it more having an, a team as well like even though it's only one plus a couple of contractors
0: oh, no, we have team lunches i
1: love it oh yeah <laughs> I love it when she walks in, she walks straight into the kitchen because we're both working from here at the moment. Um, She just walks straight in the kitchen, makes a couple, we go out and have a bit of a chat and, you know, get ready for the day. Um, But having that team as well and becoming that leader again sort of thing, like obviously not with the whip or anything, but that knowing that I'm the person where the buck stops. So if something goes wrong, it's my tail on the end, but also... I've got to bring her along for the journey to make sure that she knows exactly what she's got to do so we get it right.
0: Yeah. So, so. The responsibility.
1: Yeah, it's been kind of nice having that again.
0: Yeah. Did you think, like, do you think, you know, you're talking about hiring another staff member in the near future. Do you think, you like, do you want to grow the business bigger and bigger or do you always want to retain a small team?
1: I flip and flop between this all the time. Sometimes I just want to go all in and just go nuts and then something says, no, just keep it small so you can still disappear and take school holidays off and what have
0: you.
1: Um, So I'm not 100% sure what I'll do yet. I think it'll just happen organically, to be honest. I don't think I'll actually wake up one day and go, you know what, I'm just going to go and employ four people and just do it. Um, I think it'll happen organically where... It'll just be one at a time. And as the we we get to certain targets of growth, that the next person will come on. So thing. So once we get to that 80% capacity, the next person will come on to make sure that we don't drop the ball and not deliver on that customer service component, which is what I'd been doing for probably two years before I employed someone all at yeah. times. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing as well, like you don't know what's around the corner.
1: That's the other scary bit Um, because I would have thought from a lending perspective, if you had told me at the start of COVID that the housing market was going to be what it is today, I would have just gone, you're full of shit. To be in, in all honesty, like I I anticipated that once JobKeeper maybe ran off, that house prices probably wouldn't have dropped ridiculously, but they would have kind of plateaued at, at the very minimum, um, especially when we had forecasts from your and CBA saying that house prices were going to drop 10 to 30%. Now it's the opposite. They're actually saying that in the next three years that house prices in most markets, obviously there's markets within markets, but that most house prices will increase between 10 to 30% over the next two to three years. Would not have foreseen that forever. So at the start of COVID, which is when I had actually just before COVID had hit because I was doing the biggest months I'd ever done, um, I'd actually just started thinking about putting someone on and then obviously COVID hit and I went, oh, well, that's not going to (laughs) work. But then mortgages went ballistic. Asset finance stopped. So businesses, so I'm going to say say most of the male businesses that I deal with, they all stopped purchasing equipment. So excavators, trucks, tractors, they all put a hold on it just to kind of see what happened. But the mortgage side of the business went absolutely nuts and is still going gangbusters now. So wow. I would not what have... Is like, isn't that. that
0: great foresight for you in diversifying when you did To be able to be reactive to that.
1: Yes, because anything that we lost during COVID in terms of the asset, the commercial side of the business, we've actually made up in the the mortgage side now, which has been really good.
0: Yeah. And what do your boys think of mum running a business from home? Is it like because they've that's all they've ever known?
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting actually, because I thought they just thought I, you know, doodled little drawings on notebooks when I was on the phone to clients and That was about it. But then one of them did a project last year on my actual business and I I didn't actually see it until we'd gone in to do a a walk around and see all these little businesses that they had to set up. So it was I was actually really proud that they were both. making me a
0: little bit teary there. Yeah,
1: like I was a bit, my husband was a bit shattered that they didn't do it on him. (laughs) But, yeah, they'd actually um, done a project on Finance and heels, what I did, how I did it and how it helped people. So it was really kind of nice to see it from their perspective um and my son it's quite funny because in math he's uh we just had his parentage interviews and she just said to us she goes oh when it comes to interest well, she had no idea what I did and she said like he is amazing when it comes to compound interest and the calculations behind it and this blah 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 and I went oh is he oh that's amazing <laughs> proud mum moment I know I was sitting there going looking at my husband who's just like that's me yes so <laughs> yeah so yeah they. I think they're actually quite proud of me without they'd never say it to me yeah <laughs> but I think they actually are quite proud of me and the fact that they don't miss out on anything because I'm always here like I'm. Um, I think one time during COVID I actually had to stick a note on my daughter say dad is here too and he's the boss like if you walk in on him and he's on a Zoom call, it doesn't matter. I'm doing training sessions with like one-on-one with clients about, you know, first-time buy grants and what have you. Do not walk in. So there was a post-it note on the door that said, do not enter, go see dad.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I've used that line quite a few times.
1: <laughs> um, it was quite, like as much as I loved him being home, at the, when I had some important stuff on, it didn't seem to be as if it was important if when my husband was on his.
0: Yeah. And I guess that's that's one frustration that a lot of us Mm. find. That because we are always around, then we can always be interrupted and things that come up, we're the person that they go to constantly, even if during COVID dad is in the room or they even have to walk past dad to get to us.
1: Yeah. Yes. Oh no, they walk into dad, where's (laughs) mum? but yeah but they, I think they are very proud of me and I think that they know that that if it wasn't for me working at home they wouldn't have the lifestyle that they have in terms of being able to do whatever they do plus the fact that there's we're a two family income so two income family even yeah, yeah. <laughs> um which obviously makes a huge difference in today's day and age yeah 100 percent.
0: Mm. so do you think Lisa that you know making that decision was possibly for you and your family and your life, making that decision to stay home when your son was a baby was the right one?
1: I, I've thought about this a couple of times. Like uh, we've had a few glasses of wine and Chris and I have sort of sat down and had a chat and he's, he's actually said as well, like... Um, he said to me one time that he's so grateful that I forgave my corporate career because it meant that every day that he went to work, he felt like he had to push even harder to make up for me because I was the breadwinner at the time. So he had to, to do better than what I would have ever done in my career. And then this is like at, initial, at, the, at the initial stages and obviously he's doing great guns. Um, and then he, we had this, another chat, well, probably would it, it would have been before COVID, so 2019, we'll say. And um, he was saying, you know, like how how many people get to have a business like you do that is profitable and you have the flexibility that you do? Like I, I don't think there'd be too many people. Oh, maybe now there's more. Obviously COVID's changed a lot of things, but I don't know if there'd be too many people that have the, the, the joy that they love their job. That it's profitable and you have the flexibility to spend that time with your kids to the point where sometimes he's actually jealous of me. To the, you know, my youngest son, he'll always come to me and I'll say, Oh, you, you know, you can tell dad these things. And he's like, Yeah, but dad's not around like you. Yeah. Like that, that just that closer relationship. And as much as he loves his dad, it's, it's just because I'm here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's and really how, nice. It's a, it's a privilege that you're able to do both. Yeah, so I'm so glad that I made the choice when Mac was six weeks old. <laughs> I'm just so grateful, though, that he wasn't like a colicky child or he wasn't ill or, or sick because like, I would never have done this then. I probably would have gone back to working full time. And I can't imagine what my life would be like then or what the boys would have missed out on too because I notice when you go to kids' sport, you often find it's the same parents there all the time. And there's, you know, like when you're in primary school, our primary school I think had 250 kids, but it was the same probably 50 parents that would always, their kids would always be the ones that were participating. And I'm assuming that's because the people that both have partners that work full-time and away from the home, they've got so much more travel time, they've got less time to, you know, chuckle, you know, I can get off this pool, put a load of washing on and get dinner started and then make a client phone call. They don't have that luxury to do that. So they're doing no, it all right. after hours sort of thing. So I don't think the, the boys would be very, their lifestyle styles would be very different too.
0: I often um, think to myself, if I, I don't know what I would do if I had to get a job.
1: <laughs> if
0: the time came when I had to get out, start a resume, God, I haven't had a resume for that many years, what I would put on it for starters, but a job interview, you know what I mean? Like I often think to myself, God, I hope I never have to go down that road ever again.
1: I would class that, Danielle, with the same as would I have to date again if my husband died? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know. I I don't think I could do it. Yeah. It's one of those. Yeah, and, and, and to be honest, I thought I would have had more occasions where I would have gone, oh, how much easier would it be to work for someone else? But I don't often think that. I reckon in the 15 years I've probably only thought it maybe twice. Yeah. Yeah, so I really like what I do. I like the why behind it Um, and I love the fact now that I'm a little bit more experienced and, you know, getting great referrals and things through and seeing who I'm helping. We've set up budgets for people. We work with first home buyers. Some of them I've worked with for 18 months to get them into their homes. You know, we've got their budgets right and we've set out, okay, this is what we need to save um and i'm not uh one of my business coaches actually said to me you're not very good at telling people like you you could actually talk people out of lending i'm like yeah because i only want you to have good debt i don't want people to have bad debt sort of thing so um yeah we try and work with them to get them in the right position and it's really gratifying when you get them into that point
0: yeah but that's a testament to your
1: work ethic there lisa I think it's also because I grew up from a blue-collar family that didn't have a lot of excess funds and I didn't want to be that person you know both my parents and love them dearly both of them are on the pension Um, you know they've done it hard sort of thing they've lived week by week they've never had savings if anything ever goes wrong and I'm grateful that I'm in a position now that I can help them if they need it sort of thing and I think that's from my money story and doing a lot of work on that and what a money story is is actually really important so that's and I think that's where the the gratitude that I feel about being able to do what I do um is because I can see like I wish someone had not told me these things when I was younger
0: do you think that your sons have the same um responsibility Towards, you know, kids, especially around 15, you know, it's time, nearly time to get a part-time job. And I know that I'm really conscious about time like as well. when I, As soon as I turned 15, I got a job and I save for this and I save for that. And it's really different now because we hand over credit cards. We don't hand over cash. I know. Well, we, that.
1: We had a really big, um, well, I sat down with my hubby one day and I said, okay, I don't want to give our kids pocket money in terms of like giving them, you know, 10 bucks each week in cash because we don't deal in cash. So my youngest son used to always say to me, just put it on that plastic card. You've got Mum. it's like endless money. And I'd be like, no, it's not darling. Like that's a credit card. And I paid off at the end of each month. So whatever I put on it, I have to be able to afford to pay off. Didn't get it. So we ended up getting them um, something called a Spriggy card.
0: I've heard of
1: that, yes. Yeah, so we got them onto that because you can actually set it up. So it's linked to your phone or if you have the app, control of the app, so you can put money into it. You can set it up with chores um, on it. So each time they say take out the bins, you can tick it off and say, yes, they've done their chores for a week so they get the dollar, you know, for that. Um, And then they can split it so they can have, you know, just their everyday account and they can have savings accounts or, you know, a charity account or whatever it might be. So we basically follow the barefoot um, investor principles that, you know, with his buckets and jars, most people seem to resonate and know who he is. So, but we did it with the spriggy and then Mackenzie, who funny you say about the job, I've obviously told him a million times and so has my husband that we both were working before we were legally allowed to. Um, So he has got a job mowing lawns for My mum and her friends, they have like a whole little retirement village and he just goes and mows all their lawns. Oh, Um, And he turns 15 next week. So he's actually gone, he came out the other day and just said, oh, mum, I just applied for a couple of jobs. Pardon? Did you need any help or anything? I don't know. You just jump online and I've done it. Hopefully I'll get a call for an interview this week and off I go. So even though they get handed everything, I think somehow we've still instilled That the the value of a dollar and your time versus that dollar. So what you, you know, how much time you have to give up and how important that time is for that dollar. Um, And the youngest one, he's as, I was going to say tired as a fish's ass. (laughs) Gold. (laughs) He's my little entrepreneur. So during COVID, he actually um, found a, a lady, must have been on YouTube or something, who was selling scrunchies. So I've got a sewing machine. He said, mum, I want to make scrunchies. Okay.
0: Has he ever sewn in his life? No.
1: Nah. <laughs> Did it though? I reckon he made about 200 of them. Put them on eBay, Put up, a, made up a Facebook page. He made, so then he graduated to making bike ramps and scooter jumps. Um, so they've both got this little bit of an entrepreneurial street, but the youngest one's strong, very strong. So God knows what he'll end up doing. Um, Mackenzie will find a way to make money and he's obviously very keen to get his first job. And they are quite good. So they've both, um, they've both got that. They obviously get pocket money and they do split it. So they do save a component of it, probably not enough, but at least they're saving. So, and we've, we haven't told them that we've got, you know, money say, put aside from our investments or what have you for them. And we've told them that they have to purchase their own cars. So they need to get onto that. Um, Whether we do buy them cards or what have you, we're not 100% sure yet. We'll we'll see if they're nice kids or not when they're 18.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See if they deserve it by then.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing. This is why we haven't told them about the investments we have for them because if they're not fiscally responsible, then I don't want to give it to them at 18. So it might be that at 25, they're a lot more settled and they're more responsible. And I'll be happy to hand over what we've, you know, put aside for them. But until then, I'd like to see them actually work and understand that you don't just get given things on a silver platter.
0: And that's the thing. I think because I bought uh, my first car, was it, I don't know what year it was, Corolla, $2,000. I saved my ass off for that car. And even now, I'm so proud of myself for when I bought it, it was like nothing in the world was as good as my car and when I was on the road in it.
1: I know. And especially, and it becomes... Like uh, birthdays and Christmas, like, do you have a list of things that you would like for your birthday? No, because when was the last time that you actually went without something because you didn't have the money for it? Yeah, that's right. Like, if we want something, we're now in a position where we've managed our finances enough, or maybe we haven't managed them at all. We've racked up huge credit cards, but we don't go without anything. There's not, there's no delayed gratification. So those moments where you've actually saved and worked really hard to buy that Corolla, they're always going to be in here because it was that delayed gratification. And I think people, once they get on the delayed gratification bandwagon, it's actually really powerful.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, gosh, all those memories are coming flooding back with that little Corolla.
1: Oh, my dad sends Sunny. (laughs)
0: Yeah. See, everyone, the first car, if you pay for it, you've got that feeling. Yeah, that's it. So Lisa, what do you reckon is your like your proudest moment along that business journey?
1: Oh, look, it's it's lots of little ones. It's the actual client coming back to me and saying, You did this and changed my life because of it type thing. It's it's not one. Moment in particular, it's lots of little stories where it's helped someone create their financial future, Um, whether that be a first home buyer that we've structured their finances perfectly so they can come back and buy their second property and they're only 24. Like it's amazing that someone so young is going to be set up for the future and potentially can retire at 45 and really live that, you know, great life doing exactly what they want because they've got the options. Yeah, I think it's more so all those little stories where they've had, my clients have had wins.
0: Yeah. And I guess with what you do, it is, it is life-changing.
1: Yeah, those people that kind of listen. Like I've got, excuse me, I've got a couple of first home buyers at the moment and there's one couple in particular. I could not, I'm so proud of them. I'm like a proud mum because I've seen these kids because they're friends of, um, kids of my friends and I've seen them go through some pretty tumultuous times and you know make great choices and now all of a sudden just literally listen to everything I have said and gone above and beyond anything that I've even asked both of them Like they're just oh, I'm so excited and so proud of them like I, the day they move into their, their home it's being constructed at the moment I reckon I'm gonna have a little cry <laughs>
0: yeah but isn't that beautiful that you have that um sort of relationship I know you said it's a friend of a friend But that's not the reason you have the relationship with them. Obviously, they've done the work to get to where they're they're going to be in their new home. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Lisa. It is always a pleasure to chat to you. Next time I hope it's face-to-face, though.
1: (laughs) I'll try and leave the postcode.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Thanks so much, Lisa. We will chat to you very soon.
1: Thanks, Danielle.
0: And thank you to everybody for joining us today. I really hope you enjoyed Lisa's story as much as I did. And we'll be back with another episode of the She Will Shine podcast shortly. See you later. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode of the She Will Shine podcast, we invite you to check out shewillshine.com.au. She Will Shine is the essential support network you need to grow a thriving, meaningful business. We can help you grow your network, connect and develop genuine relationships, be supported and support others in building and growing a successful business on your terms. Say goodbye to working alone and become a member at shewillshine.com.au.